1: Every day, scientists are learning more and more about how human brains work and how many of us don't fit into the old fashioned understanding of how brains should work. But a lot of ideas about parenting and familial relationships still need to catch up to the reality of human variation. Neurological differences are natural, profoundly valuable parts of being in a community together and in being part of a family. Whoever you are, wherever you are in your journey, I am here to explore. Hello, hello. Welcome to NeuroDiverging. My name is Danielle, and I am so glad you are here with me today. Today, we are talking about a uh, question that I got in through uh, an email to the website. I'm at NeuroDiverging.com, if you ever have any questions. Um, And um, it was Caitlin asked about scripting in autistic kids, and also had a question about whether adult autism autistic people, excuse me, uh, still script sometimes. So um, what I have today is just to talk a little bit about what scripting is, what it means, and why autistics use scripts, um, and uh, whether parents really need to worry about it or not. So let's get into it. So scripting is also called echolalia, and it is when Uh, It's usually in children. It's a normal part of child development for all kids, neurodiverse or neurotypical. Um, But we see it linger longer often in kids with autism, sometimes also in kids with other developmental delays. Um, It is a repetition of words and phrases and speech sounds, and sometimes also intonation. Um, It's often taken from somewhere. So the child um, watched a movie Um, or somebody was reading them a book or somebody else just said something in conversation that the child overheard and the child kind of like yoinks that phrase and then repeats it, um, out of context in later conversations, um, sometimes just over and over and over again, repeating it. Um, and sometimes just sort of, it seems random to a, a neurotypical person. It seems to lack context within the conversation. Um, people with autism often have or often script a lot when they're learning to talk. But um, for Caitlin's question, even adults with autism script, sometimes I use scripts constantly myself. Um, that, that's a personal experience. I know some autistic people who use them very rarely or only use them in certain uh, types of ways. Um, I use them all the time. Um, so why do autistics use scripts? is the main question. So like I said, children who are younger and are still learning to speak use scripts in the process of learning to talk. It's very hard for kids to pay attention to the specific words people are saying on top of the social conventions that are taking place in a conversation. And so a lot of kids can only really focus on one of those things at a time. And so they'll use a script so that they can focus more energy on the social conventions um, that are going on between two people or between among a group. Waiting on a tax
0: return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.
1: Similarly, uh, a lot of us and I'll speak for myself as an autistic woman, I have a lot of trouble following social cues um in a one-on-one conversation and even more trouble in a group conversation. I'm pretty much helpless in a group conversation. It's too fast. I can't keep up. I can't listen to the words and also process the yeah, the social dynamics between people. Um, you're asking me to look at look at and recognize emotions from people's faces. Um, I'm a little face-blind anyway, so it's an extra ask. And then you're also asking me to follow a very, sometimes a very fast conversation. Um, sometimes um, among people I don't really know, and so I don't know their their kind of patterns yet. I, I can't really tell what they're feeling or what they're thinking, and sometimes uh, have trouble just understanding what they're saying in a very basic way. My partner, for example, when he is excited about something, he drops nouns. He won't use specific nouns. He'll just use it and them and they, and I cannot follow it. I have to repeatedly ask for him to be more specific in what he's talking about. And it can be really frustrating for him because he's excited. He wants to tell me. And I'm like, what does it mean in this sentence? Can you tell me about it? And that can be frustrating for him and he is my partner and we lived together for over 10 years. So much less in a, in a conversation with a lot of people that I don't know um, or people I don't know that well, or can't follow that well, I will fall back on scripting as a way to clear up some mental space for myself to process all the rest of it. So a lot of autistic people struggle to create speech that is spontaneous, that is kind of generative A lot of us, it's a lot easier to find a script in our head from something else and just repurpose it. We've already probably processed that sentence or that um, couple of words, that phrase, and we know what it means and we know different ways to utilize it. And it's really easy for us to just plug it into a blank space. Generating words for that blank space is way harder, uses a lot more Uh, processing power. And just depending on who you're talking to, that processing power might be in short supply. My experience is that a lot of autistic adults still use scripting just to make life easier for themselves um, to get more done during the day. So I researched a little bit about this most of this is going to be about like my experience and as an adult and also my friends experiences as adults and also my children's experiences but I did look at a couple of studies on echolalia um, I am not an expert and nor do I play one on tv so do your own research but what I found is that um, it's pretty well known from scientific studies on autistic kids that echolalia in general so not just scripting but all kinds of repeated phrasing um, is used as a coping mechanism to allow somebody with autism to add to a conversation um, when they're having trouble generating the speech themselves. And that's basically been my experience too. So my own experience seems to match up with what the scientists have found. Um, So that's kind of, kind of interesting to know from my perspective. Now, scripting is for me, a series of words or phrases that I can, that are dynamic, that I can memorize and sort of plug in to a wide variety of situations so conversations about the weather which my friends know i love to complain about conversations about the weather don't serve a purpose they serve a purpose for a lot of neurotypical people because they i understand that they create kind of a sense of community and a sense of trust Um, for someone with my brain i don't i'm not really interested in the weather and talking about the weather with me won't create any kind of bond between you and me talking about something i care about or something you care about will create a bond for me. But I understand that a lot of neurotypical folks kind of go the opposite way where they want to talk about something that doesn't really matter before they talk about something that's sort of more emotionally um, tinted. Whereas I am really interested in you and what you really think like that kind of deep thought philosophical stuff i'm not really interested in what you think that cloud looks like unless it links to something that's important in your life okay but anyway the weather um the weather is a really good place to deploy scripting so i can memorize a couple of different responses about the weather and then when somebody asks me about the weather again i have a go-to response that sounds relatively natural that probably won't be interrogated further so I don't really have to have like backups about the weather and it solves that social issue that I'm having of like what do I say to this person without kind of costing me a lot of processing time or a lot of um, function and I'll use those scripts with meeting new people I have a couple of go-to topics that most people are interested in that I can kind of like deploy a certain amount of, of information about those topics and participate in a conversation. Um, and hopefully by that time, we've stumbled into finding something we actually have in common and I can pull off of that. But in general, I have a couple of go-to scripts that I use almost every day, certainly every week. My experience is that a lot of autistic adults, especially those who are relatively verbal, kind of do the same thing just to get through the day. A lot of autistic kids do too. Um, And autistics who are nonverbal often, we find that scripting and echolalia can happen even with alternative uh, communication methods. So it's not specifically speech. It's most often speech, I believe, but you do see it in autistic folks who are nonverbal as well. And sometimes with them, it's more of uh, the intonation. If they're not using words, they're using specific kinds of sounds to create this um, communication for themselves. So now let's talk about why do autistics use scripts outside of having trouble producing spontaneous words. So there were five different ways that I came up with. I'm sure there is more. This particular bit I didn't do much research about because I'm not a speech um, therapist. I'm, I'm not any kind of expert in speech. This is just kind of my experience, again, uh, as a mom of an autistic kid and as an autistic person myself. These are the five that I've seen come up most in my life and in my kiddo's life, and that I think are possibly the most relevant for, at least for us, and maybe for other people as well. Um, I don't want to speak to things that I really don't know about. So here are my five. Ready? The first is that autistics use scripts as a form of um, self-stimulation and also as a form of self-regulation. So you might have heard of stimming, and i got to do a podcast on that coming up. But stimming is um, kind of a a way we can self-regulate. It can be a way of exciting certain parts of our bodies or thoughts, and it can also be a way that we self-regulate. Stimming is often physical, like um, I tap on things and I... Um, wiggle my fingers a lot and I pull on my hair. Sometimes people will rock or bounce or kind of bang um, or thump on things. My kiddos like to thump on the floor a lot or kind of fall over and like slump into the floor to get that big oomph um, at the bottom of the floor. Um, There's all sorts of different kinds of of self-stims, but one kind of stim is echolalia. So um, repeating quotes or phrases from a movie that you really like or a television show you really like or a book you really like or um, especially if it's a a part of that media that you really identified with that character or you had a strong emotional reaction to it you might repeat that um, kind of over and over and it might seem very random to outsiders but it fits in with your own thought process your own where your brain is basically what you're thinking about also, sometimes it's if it's a script that's stolen or a couple of words or a phrase that's stolen from um a real life person who said something to you 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 might use it um when you're having an emotion that reaction that's similar to what was happening when you heard those words. Sometimes that's not it, but often it is um and because you're not in the autistic person's head, um sometimes you can't see that that's. You know what's going on so it looks again random and out of context Um, but internally it makes sense to the person who's saying it so scripts are used a lot as a self-regulation
0: waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season life lock can help our us-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: Also, as someone myself who is anxious and tends to um, get stuck on something and kind of circle around it over and over and over again, I can sort of use quotes that make me happy to trick my brain out of, into a new context, to trick my brain out of thinking about something that I really know I shouldn't be thinking about anymore and to think about something happy instead. So that's again a self-regulation that um, scripting can can really help with. Okay, the second time, not time, the second reason that autistic people use scripts that I could think of is, um, I little I talked about it a little bit, as a processing aid to move some of that burden off of my internal server and onto this little script that just goes. I don't have to generate a new sentence about the weather every time we talk about the weather. I have a set of five go-to sentences that generally are good enough um, that takes a lot of the burden off of whatever the rest of my brain is doing. So don't underestimate the use of processing aids. Like a lot of us just don't have a lot of extra processing power. Um, We have to process a lot more things one by one, than neurotypical people do. A lot of your um, processing is is automatic. And ours is really, we have to do one and then two and then three and then four. So it takes a lot more to do things that that neurotypical people do every day. It takes a lot more for autistic people to do that. So any way that we could shift that burden off of our brains and put it somewhere else uh, is really helpful for us. And scripting is one of those things that really helps. So. Related to processing, the third thing is autistics use scripts to gain themselves some more processing time. So this is echolalia in general. Kids especially use it this way. So if somebody asks me a question and I can't immediately either understand the question or generate an answer to the question, um, some things I might do are repeat the question um, or sort of spitball a couple of answers that really don't make sense or don't really um, relate to the question the person asked, but relate in my brain to accessing an answer to the question. And sometimes it's, again, uh, easier to just pull out a script that already answers the question. And I just have to find that script because I wasn't expecting it. So this is like, you know, I was in the kitchen doing dishes and wasn't expecting to be social. And then somebody comes in the house and asks me about the weather. I'm surprised. I wasn't really ready to talk to anybody. I maybe didn't save any processing power for this random question about the weather. Um, So instead, what I'm going to do is give myself a little bit of extra processing time to grab those phrases that I have stuck down somewhere. Um, it can just take an extra couple of minutes when somebody's surprised or overwhelmed or whatever. So if a child especially, um, is using, um, scripts a lot or, or pulling, you know, speech out of movies or books or something, um, a lot of that is going to be to create more processing time for themselves. Okay. And then the last thing, um, I think that, is the most common reason. Autistics use scripts is as a form of communication overall. And this is more related to small children, but um, sometimes a small child with autism repeating what you said is them saying, I heard you. Again, it can be hard to generate your own um, phrases. And by repeating what you said, they are trying to get across the, the fact that they did hear what you said. Um, And maybe they don't really have a response to it, but it can be, yes, I heard you. Or sometimes it can be, yes, I agree. Do you want to go to the store today? If the child says, do I I want to go to the store today? They might be agreeing that they want to go to the store today. Um, Maybe not the best example for an autistic child, but there you go. Some of us like to go to stores, though. So that depends on the child specifically, and it is you know something you have to you have to get to know the kid first um, and figure out how specifically they're using their scripts. But a lot of kids do do this, and uh, it's pretty common. so that's something that's just important to keep in mind. Um, also, a lot of us, this kind of ties in again with all the processing and the self-regulation. A lot of us are pulling out scripts that we think match what you're asking. So if there's a mismatch between what you think we're responding and what, you actually asked. Sometimes it's just because we're not reading your emotional cue the right way, or we're just we just misunderstood the context of your question, um, and we're responding in a way that we think is correct, but just doesn't match what you actually wanted. So make sure, you know, especially if we're low resource, a lot of us are very literal. A lot of us need, like I was saying with my, my partner and him always dropping nouns. A lot of us need you to be really clear, especially if we're tired, overwhelmed, et cetera. So make sure your sentence, like go back and edit your sentence and make sure it had a noun. It had a verb. It had a subject. It had a, you know, just make sure um, that the kiddo or whoever it is can really, it's very clear. It's, it's totally clear. Okay. As a bell. The other thing I would say regarding that is that if the, uh, person with autism is responding with a script and it doesn't seem to match what you asked, sometimes that's because our script is related to something internal that you can't see. So we think we're responding in a way that's generalized and that anybody can access, but really we're responding in a really, um, personal unique way so especially if a script especially with a kiddo is pulled from a movie or a book or you know another kind of media and that is related in our brain to something emotional or something like maybe the person in the movie said something right before they went to the store, but the sentence itself doesn't have anything to go with the store. The kid might utilize that sentence to be like, yes, I want to go to the store, but you don't, you didn't see that movie or you, you know, just don't remember that it was right before the scene change. And so it doesn't make any sense to you. Echolalia scripting is communication in almost all, almost all the time. Like, I don't know, 85% of the time. Sometimes it's just stimming and sometimes it's just like a calming method. But most of the time we're talking because we think you want to hear us or we think that you've asked us to talk. We're trying to answer you. So if the answer isn't working, that's just, uh, you know, that's more of a miscommunication than some other kind of issue. So, all right. The last part of what I want to talk about today is, do parents have to do anything about their child scripting? And this is again from Caitlin if you notice that your kid is repeating a lot of words and phrases, do you need to do anything about it? So what I will say again, not a medical professional. I have two kids. One is seven. One is five. They both um, do this kind of repeating pretty often. And so do I. So that's a personal experience. It's not really related to anything else. You might hear my cat in the background. I'm really sorry. Um, Do parents have to do anything about their child scripting? Not really. Like if, If it's interfering with your ability to communicate at all, talk to a speech therapist, talk to an OT, and see if maybe an alternative communication method might be a good fit for you and your family, at least while your child is building skills. You might need to, as a parent, figure out how your child is using their scripts, and this can be occasionally frustrating, I'm not going to lie, because... You and your kid might have different frames of reference. Have you seen every kid's movie that your child has ever sat through? Because I have not. I know that I'm supposed to, but sometimes you just can't watch another two hours of a children's movie, and I'm not going to feel guilty about that. So anyway, if your child is pulling scripts from, i mean and sometimes, you know, they're pulling it from conversations you weren't privy to or whatever. But if your child is pulling from media, which is very common, um, figuring out the context of what they're using in the movie can really help you figure out how they're using it. Not always, but a lot. So you might need to do some legwork to figure out, you know, what is your, where did your child pull this from, pull this set of words from, and what might they mean when they're using it? What might they be trying to express? Is it emotional content? Is it um, like data? Is it some kind of logic content? Like what what is happening there? And the other thing I would also just want to back up a little bit and say that learning those scripts is not particularly different than learning neurotypical preferences. So you have friends I'm sure who speak differently than you. We're all from everywhere nowadays and you know that some people like to be spoken to in a more polite way. Some people are a little bit more casual, you know, and you might be using different sorts of voices and tones with different folks anyway. So using, Figuring out how your child is using scripting and adapting what you're doing for them is not particularly different than learning neurotypical preferences. Also remember, your kiddo is doing so much work to try to figure out what you want as a neurotypical person, if you are neurotypical. My autistic kiddo and I understood each other really well. My ADHD kiddo and I don't get each other at all. We have completely different brains. We have had to do so much work to understand each other. And she did just as much work as I did. So remember that your kid is working really hard and you can work a little bit too. Okay. Another thing is you and your child can develop scripts together. So this has happened also with me and my partner. We noticed at some point that I was using scripts in a way that wasn't getting across to him. And we kind of did a debrief. I'm a lot older. I have more verbal skill. Um, I can choose when I feel like talking about how, how I use scripts and when I just can't handle it. So, you know, I have a little bit more liberty there. But over time, we've sort of figured out when I say this, I'm trying to express this kind of emotion. And now it's just natural to him. You and your kiddo can also develop scripts together so you understand what they want. And so that this is important. When your child is overwhelmed and can't do spontaneous speech, you can cue them. So if you know that I talked about this a little bit in a previous episode with my ADHD kiddo and how she gets overwhelmed, she can't decide what to eat, right? So she and I have a a couple of cue phrases that she has learned that are shortcuts. So if she's overwhelmed, I can swoop in and prompt with the specific shortcut that we've both agreed upon ahead of time and have been practicing. And it's much more easy for her to access that script than it is to like, you know, spontaneously come up with some kind of answer to me. So if you and your child, especially if you can practice during calm times, if you can work with them during calm times and understand their scripts, you will have better success prompting them to communicate when they are already overwhelmed and also just showing them that you understand them. Okay. Um, Another thing I would say is echolalia is a normal part of child development for all children, regardless of brains. And Even for autistic kids and other um, kids with developmental disorders, it can be part of who your child is and not really something you need to change. If you're worried about it, I will say that it does tend to decrease as your kiddo learns other ways to communicate um, and other ways to cope with overwhelm and stress. Because like I'm saying, scripting is as a whole... A response to not having enough processing power. So the more things you can free up, like think of your computer, right? The more memory, short-term memory, you can free up by deleting apps you don't need, not having things run all the time. So clear your schedule, give them downtime, give them coping strategies when they're calm, practice them when they're calm. And the more your kiddo can pick up on those communication methods and coping strategies and put them in short-term memory, the better they'll be able to grab them when they need them. And the less they'll need to grab that script instead. So what you're trying to do is, is not necessarily don't do anything with the echolalia specifically. Don't try to get it to change, try to understand it and then try to like sort of ignore it and focus instead on what kind of coping strategies you can be working on with your kiddo so that they don't need to grab the scripting as often. Okay. And that's, again, I'm not saying kids shouldn't script. I script. I am 34. It's just going to happen. Do I use it as often as I used to? No, because I have a lot more coping strategies now than I did. So, um, you know, it really can help. Um, And it is true that scripting can be internal to the child and difficult to translate to new people. And so having other communication methods can be really helpful for everybody involved and less stressful for your child overall. So you need to teach your kid expressive and receptive language skills. So how to get their meaning across and how to hear what other people are saying and communicating. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do this. And it depends on your kiddo and their abilities and their needs. And I would really encourage you to talk to a medical professional about what's, you know, a good fit for you. Um, we have had great success with speech therapy and occupational therapy therapy. Um, in our family, but it completely depends. It completely depends on who you are and what you need. Um, Go talk to your community, get recommendations, you know, and, and work from there. So I hope that helps Caitlin. I hope that gives you some good information from an autistic point of view on you know, why we're repeating things all the time and what the value for us is there. I want to thank you all for listening to NeuroDiverging this week. Um, I'm Danielle. We have a website over at neurodiverging.com and there is a transcript over there if you have any questions or you want to review any of this material we are posting new podcast episodes every thursday and blog posts when i have the time which is hit and miss with my kids home with me but we're going to do our best over here if you have any questions like caitlin did please do go to the website and uh, reach out Um, and i would honestly love to hear your questions or your input what did i miss what should i have said instead all right thank you again for listening and remember we are all in this together